Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hold the Line. My name's Joe, and I'm a British force-free gun dog trainer. You can check out my online courses at forcefreegundog.com. The newest course is called Training the T Drill. You can also pick up a copy of my book called Force Free Gun Dog Training: The Fundamentals for Success, which is available on Amazon's everywhere around the world. There's also an accompanying workbook to record your training sessions in. I'm currently working on a sequel to Force Free Gun Dog Training. And I hope it's going to be out maybe in about six months. We'll see. That's all for now. Let's get on with the show. Train your gun dog without force or fear. Motivate and educate. Hold the line is here. Invention, repetition, generalization, motivation. Hold the line. Oh, yeah. Hello, I am Joe Laurent, and welcome to Hold the Line, the podcast for force free gun dog training. Hold the Line is committed to helping you train your dog to an advanced level using motivational methods and without the use of fear or pain. Thank you for tuning in and please make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hold the Line. Hello, Hold the Liners. I hope you are all holding your lines. There are lots of lines to hold at the moment with the coronavirus. So let's talk about some of that. I think that what's going on at the moment in the world has a few ramifications for dogs and dog owners that it would be wise to spend some time thinking about. They're probably not directly related to gun dog work, um, although in a couple of ways they do connect to gun dog work in terms of access to places to train. So um, let's talk about some of that. So one thing to say is that there's going to be quite a bit of variability depending on where you are in the world and what the local restrictions are for you in the world at the moment. There are some places that are on complete lockdown and different countries have different definitions of what a lockdown actually is and what is permitted during lockdown. And then in terms of exercise, so this is a bit of a, a hot potato topic in the UK at the moment where lockdown has just started. There's nothing actually in the law which has been passed that says that you can't drive away from your house to exercise, but the police are interpreting it in that way. So often, not all police forces. So I just read what it says in the actual law. It says restrictions on movement. During the emergency period, no person may leave the place where they are living without reasonable excuse. And then the reasonable excuses are to obtain basic necessities, including food and medical supplies for those in the same household, including any pets or animals in the household, or for vulnerable persons and supplies, blah, 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 blah. It won't be the rest of that one. To take exercise either alone or with other members of the household doesn't say you cannot drive to take exercise basically there's nothing that says you cannot drive to where you're exercising however however definitely there are police forces in the uk saying you cannot drive and um giving people leaflets and flyers saying you know why are you here you must only walk from your house to exercise you cannot drive anymore and i'm really shocked by this to be honest because Whilst for many people who live in the countryside, this is not going to be a problem at all. They can just walk straight off their property onto paths and fields and, you know, it doesn't make any difference to them. There are many, many, many high energy dogs living in urban areas who usually are driven a short distance away and exercised in a rural location. 
And those dogs, if they cannot be driven away like that to be exercised, are now going to be shut up for weeks, if not months, in an urban area. And their only form of exercise is going to be on lead. So this is going to have many ramifications, not just for the dogs, but also for the people that they live with. So if you own a high energy gun dog breed and suddenly all their exercise has stopped and they have to be um, exercised only on lead, they're going to be bouncing off the walls. And you're going to be living with that because you're not allowed to leave your house. You're going to be cooped up with that. And let's bear in mind that we've got kids as well off school who are also going to be in that house. So we've got high energy, excitable dogs with kids cooped up in the same household and no one's allowed to leave or get away from that situation. Now, this is just a recipe for disaster in many different ways. We know for the dogs, we know the impact in terms of um, behavior, that there is going to be an impact behaviorally for on you know, many many different behavior problems are worsened by inadequate or insufficient exercise so we're going to see a massive increase in canine behavioral issues and some of those are going to impact on the humans in the household we probably will see an increase in dog bites because you're going to have dogs not just peacefully sleeping away in the corner but dogs harassing people wanting to be exercised jumping on kids and so don't forget also that everybody's income has dropped drastically and dogs are expensive to feed and to keep so combine that with not being able to walk them and then jumping off the walls and jumping up at the kids and just making life on a daily basis unmanageable and we're going to see a lot of dogs being given up to shelters so that's the dog side of things and the dog behavior and uh, welfare side of things for dogs but there's also a massive implication when it comes to human health as well and containing the virus people are going to be forced to walk where they live and in urban areas, that's going to be a lot of people. So in the past where I lived before, I lived in central Brighton and I had HPRs and we used to drive them out to the countryside about 15 minutes outside Brighton and train them and exercise them with no one else there. So if I were still living in Brighton and this had happened and I had to abide by it, I guess that I would head to the nearest green spaces, which would be the pavilion gardens, it would be the level in Brighton, and it would be graveyards. And these are all places in the centre of the city where everybody else is going to be heading. And these places contain gates, which have to be opened and touched by people to be opened. They contain bins where people are going to be putting their dirty tissues and stuff and touching. Um, uh, it's going to involve benches that people sit on and then more people come and sit on and it's going to involve being in close proximity to other people it's going to involve people running and spitting great big gobs of spit on the sidewalk or pavement which is what people runners generally do often and then other people are going to come walking through all of that so in many different ways encouraging lots of people to come together in a small smaller area is just not a good idea when it comes to the prevention of this virus and that's what's going to happen if we tell people that they cannot drive their dogs to exercise them and they have to exercise them immediately outside their their house so i think this is a really poorly thought out um idea it's not enshrined in law and police forces have been given a kind of a carte blanche to apply this law however they see fit and they've been given powers that they didn't really have um and so also the law has been rushed through without consultation with sectors of society which really should have been consulted so there were going to be holes like this and things that that happens. And I think that we kind of need to do what we can to speak out about this and to try to point out the pitfalls of it, really. 
So, I mean, my suggestion is that you should always be, say, 15 minutes from your house or if preferred, a certain distance from your house, five miles from your house or something, but you should not be further away than that. And you should have a dog. So if you don't have a dog, you don't have a reason to go walking around all over the countryside. And I think all of this has come about because when we just had social distancing in the UK, we, and when we didn't have lockdown, we just had social distancing, everybody was heading out to the countryside because it was one of the few places that people could come to. The weather's just got really beautiful at the moment because it's spring now and we're all fed up of having such a crappy winter that went on forever. So... Um, that meant that there were hordes of people descending on these rural places and social distancing often wasn't being stuck by in these situations and so I think the police it's kind of a bit of a overreaction to that and the police are not wanting to see that happen again and that's why they're stopping people from going out to the countryside but I think it's a bit of a reaction in the other direction overreaction and you know, there could be exceptions, common sense exceptions made for people who need to exercise dogs within a reasonable distance of their house. Um, yeah. And there's these, there's been lots of conversations on social media about this. Some people have said, what if you break down on your way to exercise your dog and someone needs to come and rescue you in your car? And my reply to that is look at all the people running about everywhere, exercising, cycling, jogging who don't usually exercise or cycle or jog there's going to be far many more sports injuries broken ankles people falling off bikes than there's going to be any car breaking down to exercise a dog especially given that there's not much traffic on the roads at the moment um yeah i think this is a bit draconian and um clearly we have to you have to abide by it if you live somewhere where this is what what is expected of you But I think that we have to point out the pitfalls to the people who are enforcing this so that with the hope that they will see that it's it's a bit well, it's not for the common good, really, because I think it's going to see more spread of disease to have everybody crowding together into urban areas to exercise their dogs. Everyone heading for the village green, because that's the only bit of grass that there is that's accessible on foot. So anyway, that's just my thoughts on on that subject. Um. If you do live somewhere where you can't exercise your dog away from your property, apart from on lead, then you're going to need to be really creative in terms of what you're doing at home to try to give your dog some physical exercise and and mental exercise. So I really recommend checking out some fit pause training so that you can, you know, help your dog exercise lots of different muscle groups in their body. The Fenzi Academy has uh, a fit pause course coming up run by Laurie Stevens. I think it's called Fitness in Five. That starts on the 1st of April. So that's the Fenzi Academy online. So you can check that out if you want to follow something structured. And for aerobic exercise, teaching your dog to run around the cone and moving the cone further and further away and trying to incorporate other exercises into that. For example, you can add in your remote sit so that your dog runs around the cone and then you give your remote sit. Um, And so you can also maybe do some retrieves at home if there's some part of the retrieve that you're working on um it's a great opportunity to do the clicker retrieve because that should all be done indoors so if you want to do the clicker retrieve this is a perfect opportunity um i have a course so you can email me if you want to start my clicker retrieve course so it's joe at dogworks.org.uk um but that is kind of what i would recommend that you kind of think about things that you can do with your dog at home sports and maybe follow a specific course with your dog so that there's something that you're doing together to try to compensate for this lack of exercise um, as far as you can. 
So the other big subject that we have to talk about, which faces dogs at the moment in the current time of coronavirus, is socialization for puppies and how we can try to mitigate the effect of all of this on our puppies' development. Let's talk about some of that. So one thing to say is that there's going to be quite a bit of variability depending on where you are in the world and what the local restrictions are for you in the world at the moment. There are some places that are on complete lockdown and different countries have different definitions of what a lockdown actually is and what is permitted during lockdown, which is one of the things we're going to talk about. And so... Some of the stuff that I suggest today, or which I talk about today, you might think, oh, there's no way that I could do that where I live, which is perfectly fine. So I'm not advising you to do any of these things. I'm just going to hopefully give you some ideas for some things that you can be thinking about. So um, so the first thing I want to talk about is socialization for puppies. And I know that there have been lots of posts going around on Facebook and um, lots of sort of ideas and thoughts about it. Now, I think that people are trying to put a positive spin on it because we don't all want to be tearing our hair out and thinking, oh my God, there's nothing that we can do. Our puppies are going to grow up to have behavioral problems and you know, no one likes to feel that. And yet we have to accept and admit that this is not an ideal situation. This is a very uh, unique situation which is confronting us at the moment. And we have to kind of think outside the box a little bit and just hope that our puppy genetically is robust enough to be able to cope with non-ideal socialization. I do think genetics play a huge role in what a dog grows up to become. And I've had some experiences recently to confirm that, which I'm going to talk about in a future podcast. It's a bit of a too, too big of a topic to get into right now, but I do believe that genetics are perhaps even more important than experience and socialization in terms of how a dog um, can grow up to to become well adjusted as an adult. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that people are suggesting if you do have a puppy and how to socialize that puppy or if you are a trainer and you've got people coming to you asking for ideas in terms of how they can socialize their puppies. So one thing you could do is take your puppy out in the car with you again now we're on lockdown that may not be possible in some locations i'm going to talk about that in a bit but if you if you do live somewhere where it is okay to take your puppy out in the car then putting a puppy in the car driving a puppy somewhere and letting a puppy watch through the car window what's going on outside is one option um, you can if you are at a distance from whatever is outside the car you could put your window down and let the puppy experience it in a slightly more direct way um you can give your puppy treats whenever people appear. So if you're in your car and there are people walking around or outside your car, you can give your puppy treats whenever the people appear so that you can condition a, a positive emotional response for the puppy in terms of the appearance of people. So that was also going to help in terms of preventing any uh, vehicle, any fears of people approaching the vehicle and just sort of head all that off as well. Um, you can if you are in the garden if you have a garden and you're outside with your dog and you've got people walking by on the other side of your fence you can be giving your puppy uh, treats when people pass on the other side of the fence so in all ways just be thinking about that you may not be seeing many people if there are any people that you're seeing be working extra hard to make those people be positive so you don't want to be letting um, seeds of fear develop in your puppy which you don't notice at the time so it's best to just head this all off, particularly as you're not going to see many people compared to most 
most puppies in the socialization period. So you want to make sure the people that you do see have huge positive ramifications for your puppy in terms of being associated with treats and good stuff. Um, make sure that you are working on your loose lead training. You can do that in your garden quite a lot before you start to take your puppy out. So one of the things that's going to start happening is if people can't drive very much away from the house to exercise their puppies, then they're going to end up having to walk on leash more than they would otherwise. And that's not ideal in terms of loose leash walking. So in an ideal world, non-coronavirus wise, what I would usually suggest is that people keep loose leash walking to very brief amounts and just focus on quality rather than quantity and maybe even just walk backwards and forwards immediately outside your house on your pavement so that you're not getting new ground in front of you all the time to distract the puppy and that you can just work on the technique and you can work on applying everything you need to apply and meanwhile for exercise purposes you would be taking your puppy somewhere else and they would be on a long line which they're trailing and you'd be practicing your recalls so Basically, that's what I would usually suggest. And what we're going to see now is if you're unable to drive your puppy somewhere and put them on that long line and see them run about, that they're going to be increasing um, increasing the numbers of people walking their, their dogs or puppies on leash. So the first thing that's going to mean is it's going to be harder for you to work on the loose leash walking, but do try and work on it if you can. Now, if you find that it's just too much to be clicking and treating and stopping and starting and changing direction every time you go out, then another approach that you could fall back on is this idea of using two different pieces of equipment. So you might use, say, a harness, which the puppy is allowed to pull into. And then at other times when you're training, you you put a collar on and you use a collar, which that's and when the collar is on, you're going to uphold everything to do with literally walking and not letting the puppy pull. So there's always two different ways of walking, depending on whether well, depending on what piece of equipment you have on the puppy. So if you find yourself getting too frustrated because you're having to walk for long periods of time on the lead, then putting on a piece of equipment which you decide is is something the puppy's allowed to pull into might be one um, possible option. But try and bear in mind that it has to be something safe for the puppy to pull into. So a harness is is better than letting them pull into a collar, for example. So... um, And the other thing you can do when you're out and about and the other implication of dogs being walked on leash more is going to be more frustration, particularly as they're under exercised and they start to see other dogs and things they want to get to and play with, which they can't anymore. So we're going to have to be working on preventing frustration and heading it off. So as soon as you spot another dog, you're going to be giving your puppy lots of treats and trying to keep their focus on you and trying to associate the appearance of another dog with you becoming a treat dispensing machine so that it's not an opportunity to get frustrated and bark and want to go and play with the other dog. So that's another thing we can work on at this time too. There's lots of um, sounds DVDs or um, apps now. There's a great app called Soundproof Puppy Training. And what it is, is it has lots of different noises. So things like uh, reversing vehicles, smoke detectors, gunfire, fireworks, um all kinds of different noises, traffic, machinery. So you can download this app if you go to the app store and you can just search for soundproof puppy training. And you can then, the full instructions on how to use it come with the app. So I won't go into it in too much detail, but you can use this app to socialize your puppy to all kinds of different noises around the house. Now, I think it's best if if you've got a Bluetooth speaker and you can set it up with that because it's going to sound a bit more realistic than if it's coming out of your phone. 
equally if you place it in different locations around the house you almost surprise there's a surprise factor to it that would be a bit more like real life as well you can start with it turned down quite low and associate it with something positive like playing with um, a toy or getting a, a, doing a kong or food puzzle and you can gradually if you see your puppy's ignoring it you can make it a little bit louder as your puppy's able to tolerate it you can get to the point where the puppy just likes to hear novel sounds and that novel sounds full stop mean great stuff is going to happen so um, that's another option so although we're not able to take our puppies out into the world they can experience all of these noises out there in real life as we would usually try to do we can bring those sounds into our house to some degree now i would say somehow or other these recorded sounds sound different to a dog than sounds do in real life i don't know whether it's something to do with the um the, the pictures that we can't hear but there might be something about the noise which sounds different to a dog and sometimes you will get dogs who will react to the sound in real life when they never react to any of your recordings of it so it's not like a hundred percent bulletproof method for working on noises but it's better than nothing which is what we're trying to do we're trying to just do stuff which is better than nothing at the moment um well, of course if you've got a garden as well hanging out in the garden and hearing noises in the garden from outside the garden is also a great thing to do too so what else is there we can do um we can we can kind of really try and max out the experiences the puppy's going to have in terms of walking on different surfaces under their feet so you can make some kind of safe obstacle course for your puppy involving um you can have a mirror lying on the ground so they can walk on a shiny slippery surface dogs are often afraid of walking on slippery surfaces like lifts or um you know surfaces that um, are unstable as well so wobble boards um you can you can sort of cut a tennis ball in half and glue it underneath any sort of flat board or piece of plywood to make a kind of wobble board so it wobbles a bit and you can screw up loads of pieces of paper and just fill up a paddling pool with them or something so you can there's lots of things that you can do but the idea is that you get your puppy used to climbing over and under and um, around different textures and substances surfaces so especially unstable surfaces um so dressing up you can although you can't meet um people you can try and get your puppy used to the range of things that people may wear so those include things like hats glasses sticks um like walking sticks or crutches umbrellas motorbike helmets sunglasses baggy coats um and people walking weirdly so people walking in a drunken way or or an old person walking very slowly and and um shudderingly that's a word um so the idea is that you can get different family members to dress up in different um combinations of clothes and things and to appear maybe you know you can be in the garden and they walk into the garden for example from around the corner of your house or try and make it so that they they sort of at first may look like they're somebody else so they're not instantly recognizable as a family member because they're dressed up at this point you can then give your puppy loads and loads of treats as if this was someone that you'd had actually encountered out and about on the street so you can kind of um, with some creativity replicate that experience of a person appearing um, i suggest you do do this at some distance at first because you don't want to overwhelm your puppy and you don't want them to be spooked by something really scary appearing too close to them so it's probably better if the scary thing appears um and hangs around at a distance first of all so your puppy's okay with it and then they can gradually get get closer um 
The other thing you can do is if you are somewhere where you're not on total lockdown or you are allowed to walk on leash away from your house, um, take your puppy out and about where there are people, where you will see people, keep a a safe distance from people, keep two meters away from people. And importantly, don't let people pet your puppy. Now, this is going to be quite difficult because puppies are kind of have this magnetic appeal to people and you may be fending people off. But be be aware that you're going to need to do that. You need to just walk back away, walk away, say, no, please don't touch my puppy. But we just want the puppy to see you. Um, and then, you know, make sure you are keeping two meters. I've seen lots of people today. Um, I've just been out. We don't have lockdown where I live, but I've just been out with one of my dogs. and I've seen people having conversations which are not two meters apart. They're like more like three feet apart or one meter apart, which is not enough distance. So you need to make sure that, you know, if you are the right distance from someone, you're probably having to really raise your voice and almost shout a little bit at them. It's not a comfortable conversational distance that you need to keep. It's a bit further than that. So um really make sure that you're maintaining that distance but if you do live somewhere where you're allowed to take your puppy out and about um then that is a good a good thing to be doing um to be meeting people in the real world think about um different places that you can go to as well so if you are allowed out to exercise once a day can you walk to some car parks can you can you walk to a park can you walk to um a, a post office or a bank if you need to post some letters um if you know, one of the few places that people are still going <clears throat> and need to go is the grocery store or the supermarket. So if you can hang around at a distance from the entrance to a supermarket, then you will see lots of people queuing and going into the supermarket. So that's a way as well that you can see people. I have to say that, you know, the impact for your puppy, for your individual puppy of all of this is going to be different depending on your puppy's personality and what they come to you with so there are some puppies that this actually will all be really good for so there are some puppies particularly some <laughs> labrador puppies um, who are excessively over exuberantly in love with people and want to leap all over every person and say hello to every person and usually this starts because in baby puppyhood that's what everybody wants to do everybody does want to say hello to the puppy and the puppy gets really excited about saying hello to people and forms such a positive sort of um, feeling state in association with this that they just want they just grow up into an adult dog that wants to leap all over people as well um in love and friendship and affection um but it's it's a bit annoying and it can be a huge behavior issue as well for people so if you've got a dog which genetically is like that this whole situation is actually ideal for you because you're now in a situation where people are not going to come up and pet your puppy and make those amazing associations between um, another person and lots of fun and being said hello to so instead your puppy will grow up hopefully being okay with people being around and not necessarily expecting that those people are going to come up and interact with your puppy which is actually really good for puppies which are massively um, genetically over exuberant in that sort of way um the other puppies that it can be really good for is puppies which are a bit spooky or a bit fearful and which you're usually having to fend people off and protect your puppy from people who want to come and say hello so for those puppies this can also be really good because they can get used to being around people without being overwhelmed by them and um having to deal with direct interaction with people so they can just hang out in the presence of people Um, and people can just become part of the scenery and part of the background, which really, for most adult dogs, is all you want, to be honest. So this is actually going to be really good for those puppies as well. Um, For the puppies which... um, It's the puppies which fall in between. It's the puppies which are a little bit afraid and would really benefit from being able to check out strangers, 
and you know they're not so afraid that they need to be completely protected and kept away from strangers and they're they're kind of um wary but would Im- improve in terms of how they feel if they could only have the opportunity to interact those are the puppies who i feel might suffer a little bit with this but so it's not a foregone conclusion that every puppy is going to be disadvantaged by what's happening it depends very much on your particular puppy um so what was that what else was I going to say yes yeah, so there are things you can sort of seek out like um traffic which is actually becoming a bit of a rarity now so you want to make sure that your puppy sees cars if you can in some way because um or hears cars and you know is maybe on a pavement where there are cars if they're as long as they're not overwhelmed by that um and it's a positive experience for them and you're associating it with treats because if puppies grow up in this really quiet world where we just don't have any traffic and all the roads are empty and then suddenly when they're post 20 weeks they start you know everything comes back to normal and there's lots of traffic then it might be a bit overwhelming for them so getting them used to traffic to some degree even if it's just a car or two is quite important so try and think about that too i think you want to avoid off-leash dogs we always want to avoid off-leash dogs with puppies anyway even in normal life because we're kind of playing russian roulette if we let our puppy meet every strange dog we come across they're going to meet a dodgy strange dog at some point so okay folks it's time for a whistle pause. A whistle pause is when there would usually be an advert from a sponsor. But I don't have a sponsor, so instead I'm going to play you a tune on my trusty Acme 212. Now the tune there is slightly hampered by the fact that the 212 is just one pitch, but I hope you can appreciate the rhythm. Now, the reason that we've got this beautiful whistle pause instead of an advert is because I don't get any funding for this podcast or sponsorship. I record it, edit it, upload it myself, and I pay for the server. I don't want to get a sponsor because then I have to promote whatever business is sponsoring me. And apart from the fact that I think that most dog products are bollocks, I would lose some of the independence and the freedom that I have at the moment to say whatever I want to say about whatever I want to say it about. But if you want to support me... And if you like this podcast, then there are some ways that you can support me, which will also benefit you, I hope. So you can check out the online courses I make, which you can find at forcefreegundog.com. And you can also check out my book, Force Free Gundog Training, and the accompanying workbook for it, which is a planner called The Workbook. You can get both of these from Amazon wherever you live in the world. So I really hope you can support me and check out some of this material. Anyway, that is the end of today's whistle pause. Let's get back to the show. Um, avoid off-leash dogs, but particularly now, I think we have to see other dogs from other households are potentially um, contaminated, quote unquote. So we want to keep our puppy away because just like any other surface, they could transmit, they could um, the virus could come off their coat onto your puppy's coat if you were to play with with them so we kind of want to avoid off-leash dogs on walks um i think puppies which have other dogs in the household are much less of a of a disadvantage here than puppies that are the only dog in the household so if you have other older dogs that live in your household your puppy is going to be learning how to be a dog from those older dogs and although your older dogs don't represent all of dogdom in terms of their size and their shape and their color and their coats 
um, they are going to be able to provide something of how to be a dog to your puppy. And we just know from the studies that have been carried out in terms of socialization that there is puppies which grew up in a household with other dogs or have some dogs which have other dogs that they can relate well to and do relate well to but are reactive to others. Are, they have a much better prognosis than than dogs which are reactive to all other dogs or you know everyone every other dog um, that exists. So I think that if your puppy has a, a, it lives in a household with other dogs, you should feel a bit reassured um, by that. Other thing you can do is you can, if you're allowed out and about with your puppy, and you can access this, um, you can show your puppy farm animals in your arms. You can look at them in the field. Um, and you know achieve that livestock socialization you can try and think about are there any paths that you can access so think about when you go out um, Avidog has these things called adventure walks and the idea is that it's a stimulating environment where you're walking a dog so there's like banks that your puppy can run up and down um, or there's little twisty paths and streams and so it's not just one thing it's not just an empty grassy field but there's a lot of uh, variability in terms of the environment that you're in so that's a good thing to seek out as well and then there's a couple of other things so alone training which is what I call the idea of getting your puppy used to being left alone at home now at the moment a lot of people are home all the time or at least there's some family members home all the time and so the puppy may not be getting that practice in of being left alone and when all this is over assuming that it is going to be over then there might be a bit of a um, a difficult transition period for some puppies which are not which haven't been got used to being left alone so what can you do with this it's a little difficult because you know if, if you're only allowed out once a day to exercise, then you're going to want to take your puppy with you to make maximal use of that socialization opportunity. So you're then not going to be leaving the puppy alone. Um, you can, for example, definitely practice crate training your puppy, getting your puppy used to being in a room by themselves in the crate while you're elsewhere in the house. And then leaving a puppy inside the house while perhaps you're in the garden doing some gardening or doing some stuff outside the house and try and ensure that family members are with you so there's a sense of the for the puppy of being alone so that's definitely something that you can be working on um what else on my list you make make sure you're keeping up the sort of getting a puppy used to being handled everywhere at home by your, you yourselves and groomed if your puppy's gonna need to go to the groomer you know try and get them used to being brushed thoroughly handled thoroughly and all the rest of it there are lots of sort of great classes online in terms of cooperative care or animal husbandry, which you can take now to help you achieve these things. Uh, most groomers are closed now, so it's going to be difficult for your puppy to go there and have a positive experience. So check out YouTube if you want some tips on how to groom your particular puppy. It is always better for puppies and dogs, I think, if owners can groom them themselves and can acquire the skills to be able to groom them to a decent standard. So they don't have to have the trauma of going to a groomer and having someone else do this to them. So if you can learn how to do that yourself, this is a great opportunity. Um, And you may need to do something drastic like clip your puppy's coat or something just to have it manageable during this period at home. But, you know, don't let your puppy get matted or um, become in, in a situation where they're going to have to go and have something really invasive and horrible done by a groomer when all of this is over because that's not going to be a positive experience so try and stay on top of it if you can so I think those are my main tips really for um, socialization during this time and that was one subject that I wanted to talk about 
in this session. The other little thing I want to talk about is food. So I don't want to encourage panic buying or everyone rushing out and, and stocking up and that kind of thing. But I, th I think that whilst th there's no worry about that when it comes to human food, I'm slightly more concerned about the availability of dog feed in the future. Not so much if you feed kibble, but if you feed raw, um, then I think that ma making sure your freezer is full at the moment is probably quite important. So I don't know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of the availability of foods in the future. So I would recommend that you stock up. Also, just to let you know that coronavirus can survive up to two years in the freezer. There has been research into previous coronaviruses and it's found that it can survive in freezing conditions for a very long time. So you may want to just wipe your dog, your dog food packages over with a disinfectant before you put the frozen food in your freezer. Um, and if you feed Zewi Peak, it's becoming quite unavailable, presumably because it has to come from New Zealand and there are not many flights and things happening at the moment. So, yeah, you may need to just be thinking about the food situation and making sure that you've got enough. That would be a tip as well. If you are looking for something to do with your dog, by the way, at the moment, um, I have three online courses which have always been online and they've been running online for many years now. One is called Walk With Me, and it's about a sort of gun dog style of, of heel work. And the other is called Reliable Recall, which is about establishing a reliable whistle and voice recall. And then the third course is the Clicker Retrieve, which is all done indoors using a dummy and your clicker. And it's about trying to get a reliable retrieve. It takes you all the way from the very, very beginning of just looking at an object right through to a reliable delivery to hand which is proofed against food and works under every situation. So if you're interested in those courses, then drop me an email. I also have two courses which are moving online and they started as in-person courses. And that's a, um, a puppy foundation course and the APDT adult beginner course. So I think we've had one session in person pretty much of practical classes and then the corona mess happened so we've moved online so i do have like one or two places left on those courses which have happened because people have a couple of people have transferred to the next time the course runs in person rather than moving online so if you would like the opportunity of learning with me online then we do have those courses as well and those courses involve zoom sessions so they are live and interactive with me watching you train your dog giving you feedback in real time rather than um, video, you know, sort of pre-recorded videos. So if you're interested in that, you can drop me an email as well. That's not going to be available after the corona mess because I prefer to do that kind of training in person. So it's an opportunity to train with um, me in kind of in an in, a in person way online, which is not something that's usually available. So if you're interested in any of that training at all, or you just want to find out what I would recommend for you or your dog, then you can drop me an email at joe, J-O, at dogworks, that's D-O-G-W-O-R-K-S dot org dot U-K, um, and I'll let you know what might be best for you and your dog. So anyway, I hope everyone's staying safe, and make sure to keep a good distance between yourself and other people whenever you're out and about, and that is all for this week. Hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line.